Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Pad the Stats, our second episode on the running backs. We have three more on the docket for tonight, Pat Cotter. How's your week going, buddy? It's been a good week, you know, uh, been better than the last two. Weather's starting to look up here in PA, uh, you know, and uh, Slightly. It's all, February is almost over. So getting out of the getting out of the uh, the worst part of the year and into draft season. 50s tomorrow, man. Wow. Amazing. We're going to hit like 52 degrees. Yeah, it's incredible. I, mean, I wonder if it's going to be. Uh, I think Texas is starting to heat up, so we might not be hot warmer than them anymore. But, you know, uh, I like to see that we're getting into the. Uh, yeah, upper 50 or in the mid low well, low 50s about what I'd like to see we're staying above freezing well yeah we haven't been above 30 in no, I no. mean it's just been like 20 degrees which is rare for we live in Pittsburgh which the last couple winters it's been like you know consistently in the 40s mm-hmm. high 30s low 40s even in January and February this winter's just been crazy we've we've had more snow on the ground for an extended period of time than normal which uh, today I, a lot of it melted. I think it's going to all melt by the weekend. But a lot of other parts of the country have it worse than we do. At least, yeah, they had, yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, so tonight is an interesting group. Uh, one guy we're not quite sold on, I think, and we're going to start with him. And then the other two, I think we feel really good about. Yeah, it's funny. I went into this uh, this scouting set expecting to expecting to love one guy, and I still do. Um, expecting to really like solidify my like for another guy. And I didn't feel that way about him. And then I expected not to be impressed by another one. And I came away. I was blown away by that guy. So it was, uh, it was an interesting set of scouting for sure. So we're going to tell you that a couple of these guys, just a little foreshadowing, have a chance to make it in the top tier. I'll just, I'll just say that for sure. Right there. There are a couple of these guys have a chance to make it in the top tier. So, Pat, let's start with Kenny Gainwell out of Memphis. 5'11", buck 90, he opted out of the 2020 season. This kid's interesting. He's only played one year of college football, 2019 and 14 games, which I also found very interesting that you had Antonio Gibson in that offense, right? And he still carried the ball for 231 yard, or 231 times, almost 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns, plus... 51 catches, 610 yards. So his 2019 season was highly productive. Yeah, I mean, they used him They used him in every single way that they could get him the ball. This is a guy that kept, uh, this is a guy that kept Antonio Gibson on the bench. So think of that whenever you're going looking at him. Um, he, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but they used him literally in every way. They split him out wide. They put him into into you know they ran him as a running back. They they snapped it to him in wildcat. He accounted for thirty four percent of the touches that year. So like then that is that is by far about everybody that I've looked at so far is the highest out of anybody we've looked at by far. The next closest for me is ETN at twenty nine percent for for the year. So like he touched the ball a lot and accounted for even thirty percent of their total yards on the year uh, last year. So. Uh, or well, two years now, two two years ago now. So, and that was what like in his fre- in his red shirt freshman season. Yep. So he really, they really like him a lot, and it, and it and it showed in the way they used him. 
Yeah, that goes to show you what Memphis thought of him. Uh, in an offense that had a lot of playmakers, I know, like, I, I'm a Penn State fan. I watched them in the bowl game uh, again in the cot, or Cotton Bowl, yeah, against Penn State. And they had a lot of weapons. I, I think their their quarterback threw for, you know, something ridiculous, 500 yards. Um, so the fact that Gainwell, they thought so highly of him in that offense, is pretty significant. So he's a young guy. He's Again, he's only he only played really in one season. I think his 2018 redshirt year, he had like 10 carries or something stupid. Like, he, did, he hasn't played football much, uh, at least at the collegiate level. But, yeah, not the biggest guy in the world. You mentioned that. Um not short, but he's he's a. He's thin. Uh, you I said mean, his BMI, like he yeah, is a compact, not a big guy, not put together real thick. No, he was very thin. I mean, again, it was his redshirt freshman season, so I don't want to get too worked up about his weigh in, but or his, where he was at at well, least. True, listed. but that's what he is. Yeah, I, well, I don't want to get too worked up about where he was listed at his redshirt freshman year because he could have he you know who knows maybe he went and uh started working on his frame putting muscle on at, at when his year off and if he comes in and has a good way in like I could really uh, elevate where he is so yeah uh, I guess I mean, I'm just going by what we saw on tape like what yeah, he looks like yeah I'm just saying that like I I don't want to overemphasize that yet because we he could come in and weigh in like larger you know at when at his uh combine Yeah, but he look kind of looks uh, like one of those guys who if he weighs at 210, he really actually still looks like 190. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely sense? not that he's definitely not big. So, you know, that'll be one thing that you got to watch out for him at at the next level and if he does come and weigh in larger, is it going to affect his his agility and his and his athleticism? So he's quick, shifty, good speed. Those are some of the things that I wrote down. Very dangerous in the open field. Uh, like you said, Pat, extremely versatile player. Memphis used him in a multitude of ways. Run game, pass game. They use him in the Wildcat, motion. They use him in every way possible. So this kid's a gamer. Um, he is, uh, again, versatile. And he can get it done in a lot of ways. I wrote that he could be the best pass catching back in this class because he can run a lot of routes. He can run down the boundary vertically. Um, you can do a lot of things with him. You can throw back shoulder balls to him. He is not just a you know a one-trick pony in that sense. He's not just a scat back. You can really spread him out and do some things with him. Now, my question was, where does he fit best at the next level? It, does he get 14, 15 carries a game? I don't, th- I don't see it at the NFL level. I think you get the ball in his hands in a, in, in a few ways. Uh, maybe it's eight to ten touches a game somehow. Um, that that personally is how I see his ceiling, kind of. Um, I, I don't see him as kind of a three-down guy. And to be honest with you, at least what we've scouted so far, uh, I'm not overly pumped about Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a guy to me. Like, oh, besides his receiving game, he looks like basically is kind of like an average across the board kind of guy, almost similar to how we felt about Damian Harris two years ago. A guy that like he can do it most things fairly well, but he out he doesn't like show himself or impress you in a lot of ways. I think he is a better receiver than a guy like Damian Harris, and and obviously Damian Harris took a year and is now you know a guy that we have some hopes for, and Dame, and Kenny Gainwell certainly could be that. You know he goes to the next level, works on his athleticism and and keeping it with putting on weight. I think he could you know develop into a guy with size and a guy with some three down capabilities because he certainly can catch. I do think he claps at the ball a little bit. You know he doesn't catch it 
perfectly. You know, I think he could work on his technique a little bit, but certainly something that's fixable. And like you said, they worked him in every single way, you know, on the field. He lined up out like split out wide a lot, especially during that Penn State game. And it was obvious he was fairly comfortable doing so. Um, as an athlete, he was, you know, maybe a little above average to me. He didn't wow me in terms of his athleticism. Certainly has some decent speed, not breakaway speed, but he will. Um, I mean, I don't think he's going to run away from people, but he will, you know, he will be able to keep uh, a long run going, you know. He's not slow like, you know, Javonta or, or, or Najee or guy we're going to talk about later, but he doesn't have near like Travis Etienne speed. I think he probably clocks in somewhere around 4-4-5 personally. Yeah. Which is good for a running back, which That's is good certainly speed. fine. Good, and, I mean, above average for a running back. But I don't think he's like a ridiculous athlete in any sense. Yeah, not a burner in that sense. You're right. Um, yeah, so I, I do see a role for him at the next level. I think he's going to find a niche in some offense somewhere where they they manufacture touches for him. But I'm not overly excited. I, I, I went into this thinking... I was gonna. I was expecting a little bit more from what I thought Kenny Gainwell was going to be, um, but you got to love the production from 2019. And again, I, I think he finds a role somewhere where he's going to catch some passes. They're going to use him in a multitude of ways. We'll just have to see what that is. I wouldn't project this guy as as somebody who's going to be. You know, it's it's tough to say again, depending on where he goes. But I wouldn't say he's going to be a top you know, 20 running back or top 24 running back or anything like that. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. He certainly is not in my, in my top tier of guys. So, and I kind of was, I kind of went in hoping that I would put him up there. Honestly, I was kind of like, I go, we went into this guy saying, okay, you know, we got three good guys in this class. You know, you say what you want about ETN or Javonta or Najee, but I think they're all like, you know, have promise. Gainwell, I was hoping to be like, okay, he's on their level, but I didn't quite see that. So he's certainly a little bit lower for me, but I still would be, you know, I would still be happy getting him in the third round on my team. Okay, so that is Kenny Gainwell out of Memphis. And next is a transfer running back who spent a lot of time at the collegiate level, has quite a bit of work under his belt, three years at Oklahoma, and now this past season at Ohio State, Trey Sermon. So, Pat, Trey Sermon. This is, uh, I see the smile on your face already. This is a fun one because we came into this thinking we were going to see a back who, we well, we were kind of cautiously optimistic, I guess you could say, about Trey Sermon, right? We thought, okay, this, this kid tore up Northwestern in the Big Ten title, and then he tore up Clemson in the semifinal this year. So you saw some really good things, but then you look at the production and you're like, where did he go the rest of the year? Why was he not productive? Okay, he came to a new team, didn't have any spring practices, didn't have any time to get acclimated to Ohio State. Kind of gave him a break the first half of the season. But you look at the numbers and you're like, whoa, what what happened? And then we put on the tape and we saw what he did at Oklahoma. And I'm going to be honest with you, man, I, I fell in love right, right away. And before we went into this, I said, there's only one back I think that can be and, and this still might be true, but who I think can be in this class a top five running back in terms of talent when it's all said and done, I thought that was Najee Harris. I didn't think any other, other two from the first one were that. But in terms of pushing that top tier now, like Trey Sermon's borderline there for me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I loved what I saw from him. He, he is a very... 
he's a very physical running back for sure. And he certainly has a lot of power, but I loved how he kind of would approach, approach the line of scrimmage and have some patience to, to work holes and, and, and kind of work it, work, uh, the, and well, really like move around and kind of pick out holes and, and get and be able to get over to them and manipulate the guys at the second level. He has a very kind of like what you were saying before. He has like a his very wide base when he comes up to the line and it allows him to make jump cuts and kind of and, and, and use that to manipulate the line of scrimmage. Um, he's not an overly athletic guy. He certainly doesn't have much long speed. It's fine. Um I don't know how great his lateral agility is in terms of when he's when he's up to full speed, but he manipulates guys to kind of take a lot of glancing blows. And he seems like he doesn't really go down like he's always falling forward. And I loved seeing that from him um, in multiple games. Yeah, you're right about the long speed. This is a guy who's going to run four six. You're not going to be blown away by the measurables, I don't think. But at six foot, 213 pounds, he certainly has the look and the build of a classic in-between-the-tackles runner at the next level. I think he shows some Le'Veon Bell in his game. He's very patient. He's got an excellent base, like you said. Um, I-, I love that. When he approaches the line of scrimmage, he is either very decisive. When he sees all, he hits it. Or he can be patient, and he can really pick his way. So you're getting the best of both worlds in that sense. Um, again, I just think he has a great combination of patience and suddenness he has the look of an NFL ready three down back and when he gets in the open field he can make guys miss he can sidestep guys I think that that excellent balance and that side-to-side agility shows up when he approaches safeties and linebackers again he can pick his way for what seems to be three four yards at a clip every time he touches the ball I love that he has you know, where Javonta Williams is like a bat at 2 p.m. in the afternoon when he's trying to hit a hole, like Trey Sermon is, in my mind, has excellent vision. And I think he is going, I think he has a chance to be a stud at the next level. I would be ecstatic if I could get Trey Sermon because I think he's a guy who's in our draft. <laughs> Guys are going to listen to this now and, and maybe, maybe cherry pick us, but I think he's a guy who could fall in the second round maybe mid-second round, and I'd be ecstatic to get him there. Yeah, I think he's being slept on for sure. 100%. Um, he, you know, like I said, I don't think he's the most athletic guy in the world, but he no, has he's very not. good, like him and like whenever he's kind of like waiting to kind of hit a hole, he has very, he's, he can move laterally very well and, and kind of pick his spots, but he also has really good burst. Like he kind of gets up to top speed fairly quickly, even though it's not, you know, he's not the fastest guy. Like I, I I love to see in that, like whenever he sees a hole, he hits it hard and he runs angry. Like he'll, he'll run over guys. He'll run through guys. He, you're not bringing this guy down with arm tackling at all. Um, I think he's got fine hands. You know, he, I think he would be okay in the NFL in terms of receiving. He can do it. It's not going to be a strong suit in any sense. And you're probably going to have better guys on the team to catch it, but he certainly can catch like a little, a little bubble screen or out of the backfield. Fine. So I don't think it's going to hamper him in the NFL. He's not like, you know, Jordan Howard or anything like that. No, I think he can catch the ball just fine. I think, in fact, I think he could maybe surprise people, uh, based on the low number, the low volume at the collegiate level compared to what I think he can do at the next level. I think he could surprise some people in that part of his game. Um, okay. Uh, scale of one to 10, 10 being, uh, 
completely off the charts crazy, one being not crazy at all. Um, Trey Sermon is is the best rookie running back, has the best rookie season, has the best rookie season in 2021 of any running back. I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. You know, like a three? I, I have worries that he wasn't he didn't do it more often he wasn't he he didn't I don't think he shows up every single time he might one of these be these kind of guys that like thinks he's you know all that and kind of doesn't put a ton of work at it he almost looked like he came into Ohio State a little slow a little kind of sluggish now I he did end end his time at Oklahoma injured he I think he had an knee injury in his last season at Oklahoma and then he ended up transferring but why did he have to transfer it's not like Oklahoma is a bad program uh, you know, and I don't think it was completely like COVID related. It looked like he kind of fell out of favor even before he got injured at Oklahoma. So is there something going on in terms of work ethic? Does he, he does he lack like I mean, he looks like he kind of lacks some consistency on the field. Plus, you know, plus or minus some injury concerns. So I I don't know where he's going to end up going at in the NFL draft. And as say what you want about analytics, but the kind of the strongest thing that we see in terms of the of guaranteed production for running backs is their draft capital. So he's going to you, you, you don't want to go too crazy with this guy if he ends up getting drafted in the fifth round. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest things, especially when we come and watch these guys. We might have guys we like a lot, but if they go late, then they're not going to get the opportunity because that shows you what NFL teams kind of have their value tied to them. So. I like Trey Sermon a lot, but where he goes in the NFL draft is going to say a lot. Yeah, and that's the danger of doing pre-draft uh, scouting and rankings versus post-draft. Th- those can obviously change a lot, but overall, Trey Sermon looks like he could be a pretty damn good running back at the next level, and I would be excited if he falls in a good situation and gets drafted in the second or third round to scoop him up on my team in uh, the second round of my rookie draft. So let's finally look at the other UNC running back, and that's Michael Carter. The smaller of the two who, when you look at it, at 5'7 and a half, 202 pounds, and his skill set, Pat, I think people would have thought that he would have caught more passes and he would have just been kind of that pass-catching back for them. But just 25 receptions and 8 yards per rush, over 1,200 rushing yards. He got a lot of work out of the backfield as a runner. Yeah, honestly, it's it's funny if you look at um, Javonta and and Michael Carter's stat lines, they're fairly identical in terms of their attempts and their receptions. They both were they both were kind of used in a very similar fashion, although they're not the same running back. I, I think these two are the perfect pair. Honestly, you have like you have like uh, you have thunder and lightning kind of going on with these two, uh, where Javonta is the big heavy hitter. Michael Carter is is extremely quick. Like he's not, you know, he, he doesn't have that that breakaway speed, but he is extremely quick in, in the way he'll 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 work he'll work in in the open field. Um, you know, not the most powerful guy in the world, but um, I think he has pretty good contact balance. So I, I, I honestly, this is one of my favorite guys that I've watched in this cycle. I don't, I, you know, he's not my top running back. I don't even know if he's going to be in my top three, but. I really like what I see from him, and it's just the kind of the size that keeps me a little worried. But, you know, kind of like you said the other day, he could be one of these smaller guys that ends up just working out in the NFL because he's really well put together. You look at him, and he's not he's not Kenny Gainwell thin. He's He is thick, and, and, and uh, I think that's really going to work to his benefit in the NFL. 
So 2020 in 11 games, 156 carries again, over 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. 25 receptions, two more touchdowns through the air, and a lot of work, you know, career, 44 games, 514 carries, over 3,400 rushing yards, and 22 touchdowns. So he he is a guy who is seasoned. He's had a lot of work at North Carolina. Again, like you said, put together very well for his short stature. Excellent quickness, some of the best change of direction that I've seen of any back in this class. And he's not easy to bring down for a smaller back either. No, not at all. Which is cool to see. You know, you like to see that. Um, he's not a guy who's just going to go down in the open field. He'll break tackles. He'll pick up extra yards. He'll weave. He'll you know, change direction, make guys miss. Um, he is a dangerous, dangerous player in the open field. Um, just seems to have a knack for so many big plays. Look, I think he's going to be an electric and important piece for an NFL offense, and he's not just a catching, uh, a pass catching back, which you have to love to see. I think he can be used in a lot of different ways, even at that five, seven and a half frame. Um, I like Michael Carter a lot, and Michael Carter exceeded my expectations. And Michael Carter is going to have a better season in his rookie year than Javante Williams. I'm throwing that out there right now. I like it. And I, like I also it. think that that when it's all said and done. I'm going to have a hard time taking Michael Carter out of my top three running backs for this class. Uh, but we'll see. I, I like Javante Williams, too. I'm not trying to downplay that fact. But this kid's damn good. And he did some things that I thought that Javante Williams couldn't do. Now, when we go back and look at it, like I mentioned on that last podcast, Javante's just that that uh, tackle-breaking ability is some of the most elite now, when you watch a game like Miami, where they can't they can't tackle anything, both I don't these know. guys, both, these guys, both these guys went crazy in that game. But man, Michael Carter's damn good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he's going to be fine. Or, or like you guys said, he's not the best, you know, pass catcher in the world. He didn't use him quite like that, but I think he's fine at it. I think he can do it um, just fine. And he's got, you know, he, like I said, he's not the most powerful guy in the world, but you, like you said, he breaks a lot of tackles and he uses his kind of his agility to really make people miss. And I, I think he's got great vision, you know, like he works in between the tackles, especially in that system that North Carolina used and that kind of spread offense very well. Like, I, I think if you get him, if you get things spread out, he's going to be able to pick, pick and, and choose his holes and, and, uh, and really be the most effective in that type of offense, but not to say that he can't run between the tackles because he is, he's fairly physical. And, and like I said, he, that vision is kind of one of his top, top aspects. And I think that that's going to really suit him well. Yeah. I think it's a kid who could fit in a lot of different offenses in the NFL. Um, interested to see where he goes, what round, what team. So let's take a look at this really quick, Pat. Kenny Gainwell for you out of the six backs that we've evaluated so far, I take it he's probably last. He's last for me. He's six out of six. Yeah, and it's not that I dislike Kenny Gaines. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, what we've looked at so far. Yeah, he's he's my last of my guys. Trey Sermon or Travis Etienne? Oh, man, like, it's... I really... I need to watch, sit down and watch these guys again. I Right now, I've got... I really want to put Trey Sermon above Travis Etienne. Me too. And I almost want to put Trey Sermon in my top tier... I don't think I can do it though, just because he doesn't have the production. He doesn't have the the he didn't have the workload that Najee did. He certainly looked impressive, but why did he not stick on where he was at at Oklahoma? Why did he not? I have him a little more forgiving at Ohio State just because he wasn't there to begin the season. But you know, you'd love to see that a guy has put up this, the gaudy numbers in 
in addition to the fact that he looked very good on the field. And yeah. Trey Sermon looks really good when he plays, but he doesn't have those production numbers. So. Well, I guess do you give him any pass for the Oklahoma exit just because what they do with their quarterbacks is it's so quarterback heavy down there. Like it Lincoln is. Riley, just it's it's all quarterback. It is, but you know, it, not really. I, I I think he kind of fell out of favor there, and I worry that it might be something you know off the field. So uh, again, it's something that worries me a little bit to keep him out of the Najee tier. Although I still really like him. Um, yeah. It look, I, I agree. It's going to be very difficult for anybody to ins- to unseat Najee at this point. I don't see it happening. Can these guys fit into that tier? For me, Trey Sermon, maybe. I do see myself taking him over ETN at this point. I think he's a great fit at the NFL level. I don't know if ETN's a great fit at the NFL level, to be honest with you. Now, Michael Carter, I just talked about him. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to have a damn good role at the NFL, no matter where he goes. And I think he's going to be really good. Um, okay, so then Michael Carter, I guess, are you. I mean, are, okay, how about this? Which UNC running back are you taking? I, I guess you're taking Javante at this point, right? Is it close? It's extremely They're close. They're very different. It's extremely close. I have them all. I, I Right now I have Travis Etienne, Javante, and Michael Carter all ranked as my third running back. So I, I really need to sit down and, and decide who I want to put there. It, it's it's so close for me. It's it's going to come down to watching a little bit more film and kind of letting my heart play it out. And again, I think these. I think you got Trey Sermon, Javonta, Travis Etienne, and Michael Carter all in the same tier. So draft capital and landing spot is going to be is going to be fairly important to kind of sorting this out, especially with how closely I feel about all these guys. All right, I think we can agree that the running back class became a lot more intriguing after we watched Sermon and. Michael Carter again no doubt like this class just keeps getting deeper and deeper in it and, and like I feel like no matter who I watch I'm just gonna end up like finding another guy I love so um you just just stockpile those picks really just like that's where I every time I watch more guys I just come away and say you know what get those second round picks get those third round picks because there are going to be really good players that come out of this draft across the board like you know I love having all these first round picks and 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 that I that I do but like even then, uh, there's going to be plenty of guys letter that are left over in the second and third round, and I'm going to be sitting there like I, I like I feel like either I should have traded back or I need to trade up. I need to get rid of some guys and move up in this draft because I just I'm, I fall in love every day with somebody. Wow, well, you have two picks in the second round too, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I need another one in the second round. <laughs> hey, all right, not to no, don't get too greedy, damn it. Uh, look, hey, I'm just excited I have picks in every round because I traded away a bunch of guys for Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara. Oh, the pain. Well, it's not really pain. I'm going for a title this cycle, man. Oh, I know, but I, I just I I just love having all these picks. This yeah. is what this is why Dynasty's I did, I, great. I this is why Dynasty's great because even if your team was bad, you can you can still get really excited about this part of the process. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now we uh, finally set our draft date. Looks like the May twenty second is going to work. Hopefully, if if everybody's on board for that, which we're excited about that. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Um. I guess just the the second round. That's why I wanted to make sure I kept second round pick for this year. I wanted to make sure I didn't move out of that. Part of that deal for Alvin Kamara with Roops was he really wanted a second this year. And I said I can't do that. I need oh, to yeah, I need so to hold that's be crucial. I need to hold a second for this year. I really wanted to keep it. I said I'll give you a 2022 second. So we were able to settle on 2022. I just did not want I wanted to have a couple picks in this year's class early on. That was really 
a crucial objective for me. Well, it's funny too because I mean, I was looking at the draft board and I kind of go, you know, you know, depending on where Mac Jones goes in our draft, there, that fall off between the top tier and the second tier might be right around fourteen, fifteen. And now, like that, you know, watching these these three guys, I'm like, oh, that just that just dropped back to like eighteen, nineteen, and who knows? We're gonna end up like watching the tight ends and like falling in love with Firemuth and and Brevin Jordan being like, well, you know, like this draft is just ridiculous. Yeah, and we have an interesting system where I don't think a ton of leagues do this, where we have free agents and rookies. So oddly enough, Devin Singletary was dropped in our league and I don't know where he's going to slot in. Yeah, I mean honestly, like I the more I watch Is like, he a second round pick? No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's you know, crazy. And I love Devin Singletary and 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 I mean the fact that I have Zach Moss kind of hinders me taking him there, but I mean I'm taking all I'm taking maybe not Gainwell. Maybe Gainwell. Depending on where he goes, you know, I could take I could see myself taking Gainwell over Devin Singletary. Yeah, for especially your situation with Moss. Yeah, and, and even things. then, like it, I, I like Devin Singletary. I think as a prospect better than Gainwell, but you can't deny the fact that neither Moss or or Singletary looked very good this year. Yeah, Moss will get on a good team. Yeah, well, they suck at running. Yeah, I don't, like, and, they, and, they can't run the ball. And I don't, you know, everybody blames on the running backs. I like, it, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a line thing or not. You know, it seems like whenever I I listen to Bills fans in the know or Bills analysts they seem to place more of the blame on Singletary and Moss compared to the line so it's it's hard for me yeah all right well that just about does it then six running backs down we have another three to go Pat let's give a quick preview who uh who are we thinking for the last running back podcast before we move on to quarterbacks and tight ends so we're going to be looking at uh the 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 guy who uh Kind of hurt his draft stock going back this year. Chuba Hubbard, um, somebody okay. that a lot of people looked at, liked last year. So we'll see where he falls. Uh, we got Jamar Jefferson, a guy out of Oregon State, who uh, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about recently. And then um, we might we're going to surprise you with the last one because there's a couple guys I think we can do. Certainly, we're going to be coming back to the wide receivers and the running backs later on after we finish up our initial round of scouting there are a lot of guys to look at especially at wide receiver but a few other names at running back we're going to look at so um, we'll surprise you with that last one all right so we'll wrap up episode seven of our scouting with uh, another running back pod i think i'm counting right we did what four receiver five six yeah seven and then quarterback tight end so uh thank you everybody for listening to this edition of pad the stats we'll talk to you next time bye-bye yeah.